welcome to the 831 Podcast, episode 54. Um, bit of a gap, but we're on to that now. Hopefully we'll get a few out to you. As always, um, sponsors, Trojan Fitness, Trojan Nutrition, Bristol, lifelong sponsors. Nuviuk Paragliders have been very good to me. Um, came out with a brilliant Nuviuk X1 this season, and I absolutely love it. Uh, so Nuviuk Paragliders. EJ Hair Clinic. Another sponsor of the podcast, SMP Hairline Transformation. Look her up on all of your socials. Um, message Emma, let her know you've heard on the podcast, etc. Um, and Ridgeway Fitness and lots of others. Um, there are options for sponsors on the podcast, little logos and get your name mentioned. So hit me up for that. Um, yeah, I my only request, my, I th- these get a couple of thousand listens each time. Um, just please share, share it on your social media. If 10 of you shared on all of your social medias, one on Facebook, one on Instagram, that'd be 20 shares. We'll just get more people. The more people we get, the more impetus I have to do it. And then we get more of them. So please, I mean, I get so many messages from you guys saying, where's I listened to X one or a message, listen to this one or the last one was really good. Oh, I listened to that one. I thought that was really funny. And I look on your social media and there's not a share. And I'm like, well, you said you enjoyed it. Like, just here, just give us a share, you know? Like, it's not, this is not profitable for me. I don't make money. It's just literally, we get to speak to people. They get to tell us amazing stories. We get to listen to them. And then we get to share that story. That's This podcast is all about sharing stories. So please, please just share a link to YouTube or a link on Spotify or a link on iTunes. These are available absolutely everywhere. So please, please, please share away um, and get more people listening. But anyway, back on with it. This is episode 54. This is Ken Wilkinson. Ken's a friend um, and paraglider pilot. I spent a lot of time with him. We've been flying many places together, had lots of adventures, and he's full of amazing stories. He's had a great life. Um, 69 years old, currently injured. Um, so, yeah, it, it we just went through his paragliding, his hang gliding, his adventures as a climber, um, and his injuries now that he's carrying, what it looks like for next season. It's funny, it's interesting, and I really think you'll enjoy it. So, yeah. Anyway, I'll get another one out to you soon. Please, please, please share. I can't ask you enough. Please share. But until then, this is episode 54, Ken Wilkinson. Okay, Ken, we're here. We're finally, finally got it done. Here. Yep, yep, here we are. <laughs> Thanks for joining me, mate. Um, no problem. We, we obviously spoke about this a few months ago. And uh, things have been busy, like yeah, you know, yeah. life gets in the way, doesn't it? But the, I remember when I first asked you about doing it, you said, uh, you were like, really, me? I don't know, people aren't going to be interested. And I'm like, <laughs> for me, it's, I never do these thinking about what other, oh, that'd be interesting for other people. Yeah, I try yeah. and speak to people who I find interesting or people I like talking to. Good stuff, yeah. And uh, with yourself, I think, uh, for me, what it is, is we've, you and I have spent a lot of time together. We yeah, travelled yeah. to Scotland together yeah, yeah. and stuff. And I've uh, been lucky enough to hear some stories from you <laughs> and spend time with you. And I think there's a side of Ken Wilkinson that lots of people won't know yeah. or won't have heard because they haven't been lucky enough to do that. And, uh, 
yeah, I think you have lots of stories and so yeah. forth. Yeah, you'd be. You'd yeah, I must admit, I, there's an, all, all kinds of things I've managed to drag up from the past because a lot of my flying's in the past, obviously. Yeah. Because yeah. I've been flying a total of thirty years now, and in, in together. Yeah. And I started early eighties, really, on crappy old hang gliders, and you know I had some really close shaves, and I thought, <laughs> do you want to hear about them? Yeah, well, like that's exactly it. I mean. We, also, I mean, we're sat here now, and you're post-surgery, um, having a shoulder up and stuff, and all these things. You, you are, which I'm sure you don't mind, won't mind me saying, you're um, one of the older pilots oh, on the scene, you know, and you've had a couple <laughs> of injuries. And I just think it's good for people to hear, like, you get these new young people come in who do a bit of speed flying, and they think they're really yeah, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. and I'm like. Man, you don't even know the cool guys who have come before you, you know. So I think you know with your with your shoulder injuries and your knee and all stuff that you've had done. I think it's good that a older pilots hear about it, but the younger pilots also for self preservation. It's good to hear stories. Yeah, yeah, because because I was lucky on one, several occasions, as you're doubtless going to hear. Yeah, yeah. So shall I start about my mate, early days? Yeah, you just mate, you just talk. Don't worry about okay. what you, you say. You ain't going to worry about swearing or <laughs> embarrassing. You tell us your stories, yeah, you know, like yeah. how you got... First of all, I'd like to hear... Because don't just worry about flying. This isn't just for, for yeah. them. Like, people won't know. You've got a big climbing history as well. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Sure. So did the climbing come before the flying? Or Yo, Yeah, yeah. Climbing, I started when I was about 16. Because yeah. I figured out in school I was really shit at sports. <laughs> you know, it's basically, you know when they pick people for football, they pick the goalkeeper last. Yeah. I'd be after the goalkeeper. <laughs> I was that bad. The linesman. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I could kick. I was rubbish at that. And then I was better. At, at, and I really want to be good at sports because I've always been active. And I... You know, that's all through my life. I, I keep really active now. Uh, but I didn't really get it with balls. And um, I, I played rugby and I did better with that. I got in the school kind of team, just uh, got battered around a lot. And I, and then did some club, club rugby. And I realised that's a really nasty sport yeah. to be involved with. And I tried athletics. I tried all kinds of shit like that. And I thought, I'm just not good at sport. And then, about, aged about 16, I was dragged out to Stanage Edge, in, in, uh, which is very near the school I went to in, in Sheffield. And um, I started climbing. And suddenly I found, hey, this is good. I really enjoy this. And what I also liked about it was you get people who are really good at football gibbering. And I was looking down at them and thinking, what's the problem, mate? You know, and I was quite natural at climbing. And so I found my sport and I got really hooked into that. Yeah. And, you know... Uh, did a lot of, you know, climbed um, regularly. I've climbed probably a couple of hundred E3s and above. So is... you, you may have to, I'm just going to change that microphone a little bit. It looks really good, but I just want to make sure that we're getting you just when you turn. So that should be better there. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, like when you say E3 and stuff, I'm not, I'm look, I'm not a climber. I'm not into climbing. I've done a little bit of climbing. So how does the ranking system go? Is it in E3? How would that be well, medium third, or? Third, no, oh, no, that's pretty hard. Yeah. A third level of extreme. So, uh, oh, I see. Okay, it goes up to about E nine now. Well, I think there's some E tens, but that's only available for about one or two people in the world. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, and I've done a a, a couple of E fives, so that's pretty decent level. That'd yeah, be yeah. kind of the equivalent of, I don't know, you know, middle of the Premier League or something wow. like that. I mean, I was pretty, I was pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like. Um, uh, and then I uh, basically, I kind of got a bit 
bored with it. You know, I did some good stuff. I did the nose on El Cap. The nose on El Capitan. I like how you said it so nonchalantly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, so I've base jumped El Capitan. Um, yeah. And we took the long route, obviously. Like yeah. we climb up the side. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And you said that nonchalantly. Yeah, I've done a nose on El Cap. That's a big deal. I mean, it's not, a big, uh, When big did you deal. do it? Uh, about 1978. So how many British people would have climbed it by then, do you think? It, it was quite trendy to do it among yeah. the people that were pushing. Yeah. It was quite... But you're still talking... You know, like oh, small it's, numbers. It's a, I mean, it's three days. You know, it, it, we we took three days over it. It's a bloody hard. It's a lot of quite scary stuff. Yeah. And it's three thousand foot, and it's really scary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's still a big deal for climbers well. now. Like, it's still a big deal. I think only about two or three out of ten parties who try and get up it. Wow. So, and that's that's with current with all the kind of things like friends. You know, the 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 camming devices you can put in cracks. We didn't have any of that crap. Yeah. So yeah, uh, so climbing that was great, and I got I went abroad a lot, uh, working on oil rigs for um, well I did in total about twelve years, but I, I kind of like fell out of interest when I had time to fly because uh, time to time off I fell out of interest with the climbing. I thought I need to do something else, and I'd always seen I saw a very early hang glider, and I thought when I get settled I'm going to do that, and so I got training. Got myself a, a glider. Uh, first time I ever flew by myself, uh, I rigged my glider wrong and I took off from oh. <laughs> White Sheet Hill. So no coaching or anything? Oh, no, it? no, no. I went through a course yeah. and then I bought a second-hand glider yeah. just to get going on things. And, and I assembled it wrong and it was, <laughs> I was assured it was done right. I took off at the top of, uh, you know, uh, Spencer's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Spencer's Bowl. And just cleared the trees on the bottom. Wow. <laughs> that could have been the end of me. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and anyway, so yeah, flew around a bit on that, and then I had a, I got a slightly better glider, but it had a tendency to hit tip stall. And by that that time, we'd started flying Obli. This is I was there on the first day that we flew Obli. God knows when that was, early eighties, I think. Yeah. So, and basically managed to tip stall. The glider. I, so when I found you tip stall a um, hang glider, what's what happens? What what happens? Well, nothing happens. You're just in a curve, and then you try. Uh, sorry, a curve, a curve, a turn. Yeah. And and you just think, oh, I think I'll straighten it up now, and it doesn't. It doesn't. So whisper. you basically you've slowed one side of the glider slowed down to the point that the other one's spinning. Right? Yeah. So well, yeah. You, uh, effectively, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was just above the trees there, and I landed in the canopy there. Uh, and uh, like I say, I was, I was still climbing fit and everything. Yeah. And I, I looked down. And I thought I was. I thought, oh, you know, I'm not that far off the ground. And then <laughs> I don't know how far I was, but I do remember going down about thirty foot, leaving the glider up 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 in the canopy. Yeah. And then um, shuffling down about thirty foot, and I looked down. And I thought. Well, still, I still look about the same height. I think <laughs> I think it was about a hundred foot, but I've since seen... at the canopy. Yeah. So you're shimmying down a tree at this point. You're climbing. Down yeah, the shimmying canopy. down a tree, and then then we got climbing kit. Now, yeah, yeah. I, I, I nipped up the nipped up the tree, you know, putting protection along the way, and we yeah. disem- disassembled the glider and pulled it through the canopy, and it was fine. Wow. That was another one. So you're so, I mean these these um these stories come off quite nonchalantly from you because you're what people won't generally get from you is because the the modern or the newer guys in the sport and especially i never had this appreciation for you when Mm. when you and i first met when i started flying yeah is um because you now are 
quite the cautious guy. You warn people about going out on bad days. Yeah, 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 yeah that's true. You warn people slow down and you warn people don't rush. And so, but it sounds to me like you were, your propensity for fear was a lot higher back I, then. I, I and you think were willing it was. to push. Absolutely. I mean, I know an- another little one from Pandy is I took off. Uh, I was desperately keen to do cross country because I'd heard about this. This was very new at the time. You know, people were doing like two or three mile fl- flops over the back. It was all measured in miles. Yeah. Uh, and and they were really pleased about that. And then it become five miles and then 10 miles. Then someone did 20 miles and this and that. So I'm having a bit of this. Uh, and so I knew that flat clouds, flat bottom clouds uh, would, would lift well. Um, so I remember on Pandy going up there, getting reasonably high, and then seeing this big cloud coming in. It was a QNIM, by the way. <laughs> I just had headed under it, and then uh, uh, I, remember, I remember this distinctly now. Of, of oh yeah, I'm going up, I'm going up, and then I got to cloud base, and then oh shit, I don't really know how to go down. <laughs> uh-huh. How long so, have you been flying? At this well, point? I'm not not that long. Yeah. And anyway, I came out of the cloud somewhere around Abergavenny and, and shat my pants. And, <laughs> absolutely. And and because I mean, there's no with a with a power glider, you're much safer because you've got pendulum stability. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, the wing can collapse in a you know a bad yeah. turbulence or something like that. But uh, with a hang glider, I mean, you've got no pendulum stability. And, yeah, I mean, I've had a couple of close calls with uh, with. Uh, so you got, you, would you say, like, you're, have you always been quite daring, do you think? Because it's like, some of the stories, when you've told me these stories previously, yeah. it strikes me as someone who's, not because, <coughs> I think I've been looked at a few times within within this sport, mm-hmm. and generally outside, mm-hmm. fighting mm-hmm. and stuff that, you know, all the things that I've done, base jumping, I've yeah. been looked at as someone who's, not reckless, but my, my appreciation for um, fear or pushing yeah. boundaries people assume is very high. And yes. It's not that I, I don't acknowledge, it's not that I'm, I'm necessarily consciously doing that. I don't yeah. just think like, uh, I, like I say to people, I'm a lot quicker to push my fuck it button. Like there's been times <laughs> when I've been in situations and I'm like, Oh, this ain't so good. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, I'm, yeah. and then I'm much quicker to say, Oh, fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. it's not through recklessness. It's sometimes it's just a case of like, You've got to do something. Like what? And I've I've walked away. I've walked away from base jumps. I've yeah, walked yeah. away from the heel on flying days. But yeah. then other people have said like, "Oh, you've really pushed it there." And I've is in on occasions where I don't think I have. And it strikes me that you, you when you're younger, were a bit the same. I was a bit the same. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to push myself climbing, and I wanted to do well in the hang gliding. And and uh, yeah, so that that's why I did. Not that reckless. Time. It was just literally like. Your fear, your propensity for fear was higher. You were just yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It was a lot higher. And you know, I've had a couple of close calls with Q Nims. That there was that one from Pandy. Yeah. So uh, Q Nims for anyone who's listening, uh, who's not, because um, we get a lot of fighters and stuff listening. Yeah, uh, yeah. Q Nims, cumulus nimbus cloud. So big, towering, sort of storm-looking clouds. Yeah, they can suck you up a huge power. Yeah, yeah, big suction. Yeah, and and basically in a hang glider, you've only, you know it's really difficult to get a height to go down quicker than the air's going up, which means it always gets worse if you yeah. get sucked into a cloud. And I had a really scary one over in Saint Andre. This is I did the French Nationals yep. for a year, and um, and uh, I, 
did a competition in St. Andre les Alpes, which is one of the best places to fly in Europe. And it's a fantastic competition place. And we'd done a task and I was going back towards uh, St. Andre and I could see these towering clouds. And then they, they basically uh, came through on the radio and said, uh, you know, get down, it's QNIMS, land. And as I, I, I've been looking at these clouds thinking, hmm, I wonder how they're going to be. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm trying to spiral to go down. And I was really struggling to get down. Yeah. And they were really seriously big clouds. And, and by the time I got on the ground, the flipping rain started. It was a proper serious storm. And I, I was just on the point of going down and I put, you know, spiraling as hard as I could to get yeah. down quicker than the air was dragging me up. Yeah, what do you think the you were your the rate of climb would have been in that QM? 10, 15 metres a second. Wow. Well, I mean, it, it, they were big towering clouds. And I know a few weeks later, two Italians died. Wow. And there's, there's occasional deaths still happen. Yeah. And so that that's one of the reasons I'm cautious about <laughs> QNIMS. Although it has to be said with the paraglider, certainly with the one I got at the moment, I found it's really good. If you just clap, collapse half the wing, it comes down really fast and it's solid as a rock. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah. And that that's a great way of getting down. It's yeah. A, it's not so much on comp gliders. But no, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, it's a risk reward, I guess. You yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I remember when I did my first 100K, it was from Corndon. And when we yeah. were going on, I wasn't going to fly that day. I'd worked uh, they, the evening before. I'd worked on the door, got in at about four o'clock. Mm. And uh, Peggy rang me and said, are you coming? Uh, it's like seven o'clock. She's like, you coming? I was like, nah, I worked late last night. Um, she's like, oh, come on. There's only me, Ben and Graham. Like, could do with you in the car. Like, yeah, yeah. the mood and stuff. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll come. So she came and picked me up. <laughs> she came and picked me up. And we had Dr. Corner. And on the way up there, I was looking at the site record. Yeah, yeah. And uh, on the site record, you have the site record, but on a hang glider. And yeah. I believe you flew from Corndon back to the Dangs in Bristol. That's right. Yeah, I landed uh, uh, for... Bristol people, anyway, I landed uh, just by the side of the portway. I think it's a sports centre now, but it was a cricket field. And then I walked home because I live fairly close to the portway. <laughs> it was about a mile and, and a bit from my house. And then I ha ha still had my car up in Corndon. And Bruce Goldsmith was fine. I went up with Bruce Goldsmith yeah. in my camper van. And he had to drive it back down again because I, I had to go to work, uh, work um, in Libya the next day wow. <laughs> so, so that that was a pretty exciting day and flying over the bristol channel I, you know that was fantastic yeah, i mean i think it it still stands as the site record maybe from corndon well it, it, um, it says in the book it, people they believe people have gone further uh on that day because it was a it was a british league day because yeah. I, I did the british league for five years yeah. and that's where you got international selection from and and I've got all my awards up there, and I made one team. <laughs> I, uh, I've got national team uh, badge up there, but I screwed up the competition. I was very marginal because this was in the days of the really big boys: uh, uh, Jess Flynn, Bruce Goldsmith. Uh, who, oh God, uh, who are the other big names from that? There's John Pendry. John mm -hmm, Pendry yeah. won the world champs, I think, twice, uh, and uh, Darren Arkwright. Uh, there's plenty more I can't I can't remember, but basically they were the kind of solid team members. I, I got in on the minor competition because oh, really? <laughs> that shut him up. And, <laughs> and anyway, I screwed up the competition big time, finished about fiftieth, and that was the end of my international career. <laughs> <laughs> but you had a go. You were there, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I just wasn't that good. Because <laughs> <laughs> you like you um 
you'll be this is another sad part as well now for people who are just sort of coming in this sport and in the sport long like you've been a uh like one of the one of the guys who's there all the time every year in cross country flying in the UK. Um, yeah, yeah. On a paraglider. Obviously I didn't know yeah. you in your hang gliding days. Yeah. Um and on a paraglider though, you've been there for as long as I've been interested yeah, in yeah. sport and people used to say you'd been there for many years previously and you still up until injuries have put you out, you've been paragliding um a cross country paragliding every single season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when did Not, that start? And then... Well, I mean that started I think two thousand and two, I think. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I do remember, it, it, around 2000 is when I learned, and then about 2001 I got out by myself, and then uh, and people, have, I've I've been so lucky because I saw the birth of I was in at the birth of hang gliding cross countries. Yeah. Like I say, there were people who were doing two miles, five miles, six miles, eight miles, yeah, yeah. and and you know they were Mister Big, you know, whoa, look at that, I did yeah. eight miles, whoa, you know, and then suddenly. You know, my best from that time was 107 miles, wow. <laughs> 170k. Yeah. It's still my longest flight, actually. On a hang glider. On a hang glider, yeah, yeah right across the north of England. Yeah, wow. Uh, and that was in a, a league competition. What year was that? <laughs> Roughly, do you know? 1985 or, five so or six. So when you were on a hang glider then, how would you compare a hang glider then with top performance paragliders now? Again, they evolved. They evolved from pretty crap into really quite sleek machines because they 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 got the crossbars. You don't find you don't find very many um, hang gliders these days with the crossbars exposed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are some very big basic beginner ones, yeah. um, but they they all had the the crossbars exposed, meaning they just had poor drag. They they had poor flying characteristics, yeah. and once the, once the crossbars got became enclosed. The performance went up massively, as did the, the cross-country um, yeah, yeah. um, thing. So I was in on the birth of that with hang gliding. And then I come into paragliding, and I remember having a conversation with someone saying, he was saying, oh, yeah, you know, uh, people are going to do some really big paragliding flights. I, th- I think I'm hoping I might get 10 kilometers next year. <laughs> now, I'd done a short, col- I'd done a short cross-country on my very basic... Um, uh, beginner's uh, paraglider and I got into a really good thermal off Lorange and you know took it up and I thought this is just like a hang glider and I kind of arrogantly said uh, what you know 10 15 kilometers there's no reason you can't fly 30 40 50 60 70 kilometers on in these things and this guy said yeah 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 well luckily in the XC league that year I got 400 kilometers out of six flights so yeah. so I got several over seven, several over 50k so i wasn't <laughs> on your first year XC flight. Yeah, yeah 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 and and then i spent the next three or four years trying to get back to that again <laughs> i don't know why i was a very inconsistent <laughs> so, but yeah i'm quite inconsistent uh anyway yeah anyway yeah so um uh yeah so i've been i've had some good seasons and some really good seasons and a couple of really disappointing ones for various yeah reasons. but I, I still think um you still, up until recently, you're still known for pushing it, especially yeah, on, yeah. Uh, like the the caliber of wing that you're on, like B's and A's and stuff. Well, know, no, right? I, and not well. They were A's 
going back many years. Yeah. They will be A's now. And then, and so now you're on like a are you, is it B, B wing you're on now? B plus, yeah, yeah B, plus. B plus, yeah. So and then you had your iota, which is a B wing, and you did massive, really good flights on that. Yeah, yeah consistently yeah. good flights as well. Yeah, yeah. And from the winch, you know, I've flown many times doing triangles, and a couple of times I've done a triangle. <laughs> Flown right by you. I say right by you. Like I can see you. I'm climbing, and I speak to actors like, nope, didn't see you. <laughs> and then, but you're completing. De- and I mean, I say decent triangles, but you're doing like 50, 60k triangles. Yeah, yeah. Closing yeah, them yeah. from the winch. Yeah. And you were doing that regularly, you know. So yeah, yeah. It's, you are still fair, fair you, few, Yeah, yeah. You're ve- you are still very consistent. I think you're very consistent, but your inconsistency just comes, I think, because you fly so much. Yeah, yeah. It could be. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. if you're gonna, if you were gonna fly. 15 times a year you would be considered very consistent i think but yeah, you know, yeah. you're flying a lot because you're retired now right yeah so yeah yeah oh, a long lot, time yeah, yeah. So you have a lot of time to fly yeah and you're always one of the first to try and organize the the road trip and say to people like yeah yeah, I'll yeah. Drive, let's go or yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. go here you know so you yeah. are out a lot and you are still pushing i mean like how old are you ken um 69 69 years old so when you consider your age and how much you're pushing for people who don't paraglide they they won't appreciate how much you are flying but if there's ever a good day you're right yeah it should be yeah it should be yeah, i've had some bad decisions last year as you told me off yeah. correctly as it turned out so I, I, it's just i mean i just the night the night you told me that at the club meeting just get out there you know because it, it if the wind's in the right direction just get out there and you went to mir and the forecast was what was it uh rasp um you know the the, yeah, yeah. the how good it is likely to be for cross country flying. I think it was zero or one. Yeah. In other words, it's a crap day. I went biking. You did one hundred and forty k. Yeah, it's bastard. Because <laughs> I, like... I, I must admit, as I was on my bike, I thought this looks a bit better than a yeah as a one. On yeah, last. I, so for, I mean, I think that comes from like like I said just a minute ago, your ability to be able to get out as and when. So when yes. when you're working and you know, I wasn't going to. I, I didn't have any work on that day. And then Sean Simmons said, I might be going to Mir. I was like, well, yeah. let's go to Mir then. We'll try and fly like 60K or something. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. There might be that in the day. Rasp looks a bit crap. Yeah. And uh, we went that uh, we went that day. And when I got there, I was thinking, this looks all right. And then Sean yeah, and yeah. I got away together. And then yeah. I was like, let's go. And Sean hesitated a bit. And then I dragged him for a little while. And then yeah. he made that mistake of just, not sticking with me like going a bit rogue and yeah, i was yeah. like when there's only two of you yeah, yeah, yeah. stick with someone you know and so yeah. he, unfortunately i dropped him at about 30k but yeah the reason i said that to you the night before is because is because the last season you'd done it a few times where you'd put too much faith in the weather which you probably wouldn't have done yeah if yeah you would have had to pick your days you probably yeah. wouldn't have done you'd have probably been a bit like i'm going out yeah and yeah, that's why yeah. i said on the, like in a meeting i was like if you can get out Get out. Be out. Because <laughs> if you get out on the hill on this crap, you can come home and get your bike out if need be. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, exactly. Once yeah. you're out on your bike, I mean, how many times have I gone to work and I've looked at the sky and I thought, oh, shit, <laughs> I shouldn't be here, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it just... And then obviously you had uh, your setbacks. I mean, your knee and your shoulder were both last year. Well, yeah, I mean, I, oddly enough, uh, I decided, uh, what was it? Not last season, but the season before, my knee was getting really bad. And and I needed a walking stick to kind of. Was this from an injury or just degeneration no, of years? It's uh, arthritis. Yeah, uh, I'd had a couple of operations on it, and one of them was screwed up, and and it was just breaking through bone on bone. I had thirty percent bone on bone, yeah. which meant it bloody hurt. In your uh, meniscus, is this? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, and so um, 
I decided not to fly that year. And then I thought, oh, I really want to go flying. So I got this little fold-away walking stick and then wobbled up to the top of the hill. And, and I finished up doing... Um, I just a minute, what what was it? I finished up doing two fairly decent triangles. Um, uh, I think a fifty k one and some something else. Uh, I, I got six and, and then four flights, um, um, downwind flights. Yeah. Um, best was one hundred and five, and the worst was uh, was uh, ninety one. Yeah, brilliant flights. Yeah, exactly. Four decent flights again on a B wing. Uh, yeah, on yeah, a B wing. So oh, absolutely. Brilliant flights. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and actually, you know, <laughs> it, I got fairly decent lifts because I'd be wobbling along with my picture of the power glider on the back of my huge sack, uh, and with a walking stick, and <laughs> and often I get taken straight the to the station. Lift. We'll take whichever lift we can get. Oh, oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> Thinking back, I just I, I I did think about this just before doing this is. The retrieves with a hang glider going back into the day, we didn't have mobile phones. Yeah. We Basically, the only communication we had was a, a list of possible wives or partners. Um, uh, they might be at home. You yeah. know, they'd try and stay by the phone. And then at least you could tell someone that you're okay and that you were doing whatever. And... And then you'd have this hang glider, which you quite definitely couldn't hitchhike with. Um, and I, I flew some, you know, big flights from Mobley, several past Exeter. Yeah. And I never remember anything about the retrieves. I mean, because would you leave I, I remember glider? about the, well, you'd have, a, a lot of times you'd find a kind of isolated field yeah. and just shove it under the hedge and cross, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, uh, because I think that sometimes we had some retrieve kind of things but I, I actually i can't actually remember getting pissed off about the the retrieve situation yeah. um i mean now i think it's an absolute dream to fly across country because it doesn't matter what little lane you go down finish up landing near you'll eventually get a lift yeah uh and um and then I, I just I use my uh, bus pass to, if, if there's a bus. <laughs> <laughs> I there's a guy called Mike Andrew who used to fly with quite a bit, and I just thought it was dead cool that he'd do big cross countries and then use his bus pass yeah. to get back. But I use a bus pass to get to the station, and then I got over sixties discount card, and people are paying seventy quid for the rail uh, fare back, and I'm paying like forty five fifty. Yeah, <laughs> and I love spending a lot of money on a train. Yeah. Because it means I've gone a long way. Yeah. <laughs> I hate spending any money on the train, long way or short way. Oh, okay. All but, right. Um, it, it's just, I mean, like you say, it is, is good now. Like I've been lucky enough that I've only been involved since I've been mobile phones. And stuff. Yeah, like, exactly. Are, but I do love a, a hitchhike. I love it. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you could land, you could get on your phone, you could just put taxi in and get a taxi nearby. But I I've, love getting the phone out. I've never and, done that. No, I don't. I don't do it. I get my thumb oh, out on the main once, road. once, yeah. And then... The only time I've ever done it, I hitchhiked and I was with Ben Friedland. Well, I, I landed and Ben said, mate, I think I'm near you. And him and I met up. We got we hitchhiked to a pub, booked a cab, and we got a cab from by Milton Keynes all the way back to um, Froster or Selsley. I can't remember which one. Wow, taxi. 70, 70 quid. Oh, that wasn't too bad. Peanuts. Not, like, it was not. nothing, right? So, yeah, nice be Mercedes as well. It was a nice, yeah, nice yeah, trip yeah. back. But, yeah, and that's, the, that's one of the only times I've ever used a taxi. Oh, no, I said, tell a lie. Not last season, season before. Idris, Joe Dart, uh, myself, Ollie, Laurie, we all flew from uh, Magic 
and I they bombed out just as we got to sort of by the edge of Snowdonia National yeah. Park. Yeah. Uh, they bombed, and I carried on. I got to real. Yeah. So when I got to real, I rang them, and they were in the middle of nowhere, boobies. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I said, right, I can get a cab. I can pick you guys up in a cab and then we can get a cab all the way back to Abergavenny. And we did that and it cost 260 quid between the four, there was four of us. 260 that's quid. That's not too bad. From real to Abergavenny. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's what they're like my only two real cab stories. The rest is hitchhiking. And I've got pictures of so many people yeah, giving yeah. me a lift. That's part of the fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh I know. Yeah, yeah some great great or you stories. take us somewhere now and uh you always say well if i bomb out you guys will have got miles anyway and i'll pick you up on the way yeah, sometimes yeah. you do and sometimes you go to bristol on your own before we even well you, you were in the air for seven bloody hours wow. <laughs> and you didn't follow us no no well, we gave up after you, about yeah once you get to a certain point yeah exactly own, exactly yeah, I know there was a bit of jip about that. And I thought, <laughs> Christ Almighty, you you were averaging very slow. You were really oh, slow. Oh, it was a ridiculous day. Yeah, it was yeah, a ridiculous yeah, yeah. slow day. So anyway, never mind. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so you had your knee. So what did you end up having done on your knee this year? Uh, I had a, a partial knee replacement. Okay. And it's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and th- and so I was really happy with that, and I was just ready to get going on flying because my leg wasn't a problem. I can walk up Magic Mountain, no problem. I was getting fit. And everything like that, and then suddenly my shoulder fell apart, and I couldn't even lift uh, lift that, my right hand up up was, to the brake. Um, rotator cuff, AC joint, sort of. Yes, issues. yeah, yeah, rotator cuff, uh, yeah. supraspinatus, supraspinatus. Yeah, but also, yeah. I've got other other issues with it as well. But anyway, um, but um, that's hopefully all sorted. Yeah, because literally, I was having to lift my hand up onto the onto the brake. Yeah, I remember uh, you... Uh... And it was... And then when I put my hand down to mess with my instruments, because it's my right hand, Yeah. then as, uh, when I brought it down, I mean, the muscle had fallen off, yeah. and it was really painful when I came down. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, it was a mess. And... Like, I've had supraspinatus issues. It's very common in what I do, grappling. And yes, yes, boxing. yeah, yeah. Um, and I've had them, and... What people don't realise is you've got a lot of strength through this mobility, you've got a lot of strength through this mobility, and there's a pinch point. There's yes. a certain bit where you're like, ah, and it just gets you. So I could raise my arm and it just hit a certain point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sharp pain, no pain, no strength, no strength, no strength, exactly. no strength. Oh, I'm okay again. Okay. Just a, like a gap, of like a period of this much. Yeah, like, I've had all those bits that do that removed. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a fluid sac there and then... Bursitis, yeah. Bursitis, yeah, bursa, yeah, I don't have a bursa, they've removed it. Okay, right. Yeah. And then um, they remove some bone. Yeah. Uh, and that makes it um, a lot... So again, degeneration, that was not a previous injury or anything? No, no, well, I, 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 I did try and do something too hard down the climbing wall and fell off, uh, which... I, I fell off because my body gave out. Normally, I fall off because I'm shitting my pants. <laughs> but in this case, it was I tried to pull something I couldn't pull, and after that, I had some pain. I think that was the start of it. But I think I'd had I'd had some problems before. I think wear and tear. Yeah. You know, I, I see kayak. I you know, which involves the shoulders a lot. Yeah. I climb, I power glide. That power gliding isn't a problem physically. Yeah. Until I've got these other problems, and yeah, then exactly. it became a big problem. Yeah. But do you, do you think you uh, do you think you pushed it a bit too far once you were once you started to get a partial injury? Do you push it too too far? You could have stopped a little bit before and said, "Hang on a minute, I need to really let this heal and settle." Well, I did that. And you just went I, through it, and you went through I it. I did that, and yeah. then I went back to uh, and I went back to flying, yeah. and I was okay. 
because uh, in a, a, about a month after I had my first really big problem, I felt better. I could lift my arm okay. But then it, uh, yeah, then I fell over uh, being towed. And yeah, yeah. I was, there was <laughs> I don't know what happened exactly, but my arm just went in with pain and I thought that's the end of my did, so great did you, weekend. A lot of time you put your hand out when you fall down, it's natural. Like yes. Hand down, yes. which is the worst thing for shoulder injuries. Like putting that's your hand fine. down to stop a fall, all the impact goes through your shoulder. Yeah, I know. Which is, is really bad. So you've put your shoulder down. My, my physio told me if I do take, take a fall and it's a choice between your arm and your face, Land on your face. Land on your face, yeah. <laughs> or you just try and turn and fall on your side. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I've had um, pe- people in the gym, one of the first things I teach is don't put your hand down. If you're getting thrown or taken down, don't put your hand down, don't put your hand down. And we yeah. had a guy maybe four weeks ago put his hand down, dislocated his elbow straight. Yeah, so yeah. I got it on camera and you hear me, oh, lay, lay still. He goes to move. I'm stop, lay still, lay still. And he's there and his elbow's all the wrong way. And it's just oh, never put your arm down no, for anything. No. Take it on your side or anything. you're better to be winded. Then you are absolutely or, anything, or smash you know. your face in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah you... which is why I wear a full face helmet. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People say about having an open face and it being nice in the elements and they yeah. want to feed it. I get it, but on a launch, especially if you were to launch somewhere like the Blorange or somewhere that's quite yeah, sure, yeah, you know, launch and you trip and you slide down there on your and your face is the first thing to hit the ground, especially when your hands are up controlling brakes. Yeah, yeah. That's why I like to have a full face helmet. Yeah. Just protection. On I might think of getting one actually. So. Yeah. Yeah, not a bad idea. Yeah, so uh, I, I lost a thread of where we were now. Oh, we just we were talking about your injuries, basically. Oh yeah, so yeah. How do you I feel know. like so recovery wise? I guess did you ever pick up any big injuries previously, like earlier on in no. your climbing career? I have. It? I haven't. I've had a really injury-free uh, kind of sports career yeah. uh, until until my knee, <laughs> and that's not an injury. That's just worn out. Yeah, yeah, yeah just over time. Whereas my shoulder is quite definitely an injury. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of the the problems climbers get is that you can kind of uh, rip away rip away at your um, the you know you can tear the, the Lig- tendons can tear yeah. through the what they what they call them so there's a kind of like a collar of something that stops your tendons you know if you if you're pulling really hard yeah then you can the tendons can break through okay and yeah that's not nice yeah. uh, I've never had that. Uh, and or anything like that. I just got on. I never. I just go out and do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it never really bothered me that much. So it was like I never got. I never got injuries really until you got to this age and this. Like, I mean, let's say sixty-eight. Like yeah. Like a year. Or so let's get, say you got to sixty-eight. Um, before then, was there a point where you got to an age where you started slowing down, or you've not slowed down until you got to here? Oh no, I mean, I'm not as fast up hills as I used to be. Yeah. But I mean, uh, sort of slowing down, as in uh, being willing to go out and do stuff. Like oh that, God, no, 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 not no, no, slow no, down no. until this got to you. Uh, yeah. Well, I haven't really slowed. I go walking every day. I yeah, walk, yeah. I'll walk up, up to five miles. Yeah. And I, I've got a hip that's wearing out now as well. <laughs> Never mind. You'll be bionic soon. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. So, but to be, you're about you. I'd much rather be sixty nine and worn out than seventy five and like I've not done anything. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. My body feels great. Okay, what did you do? What are your stories? Like, there's a reason you're on the podcast, right? It's yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you've done these cool things, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. And that's why you're here. So I'd rather be sixty nine and my body wearing out than seventy five or eighty and no cool stories to tell. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. I can see that, but I'd sooner be, you know, six, 69, eventually, hopefully get to 75 and still managing 
you know, some form of adventure. Oh, as I'm sure you will. Be yeah, yeah, I hope. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I I'm not designed to sit on my ass no. and, and and talk about the television and watch the, all these. I just can't can't no. be bothered with it. No, and like having spent uh, a lot of time with you, I would say we've spent a lot of time together. Just, I mean, we're lucky that we both live in Bristol and we both share. A sport we both yeah, invest yeah. a lot of time in, so yeah, yeah. I've been lucky enough to spend time. You're definitely not the sort of person who, yeah, who, who's designed to sit on their ass. Oh, do you know what? Oh, it's I'm quite tired today. I'll do. Oh, oh, I think I'll just sit around and watch the television. No, it sorry, becomes mate. a habit. Then this is what people yeah, don't realize is like, as soon as you start to do that, if you do it once or twice, and even someone like myself, like I yeah, mean, yeah. Uh, in, injuries have been a big part of my career. I've I've been unfortunate in that yeah. I get injured a lot. Um, whether it was I took the end of my finger off nearly on a motorbike, put me out of fighting for like yeah. nine months. I kicked somebody in a fight, tore ligaments in my foot, put me out of fighting for 13 months. Like Whoa. just weird, yeah. weird. Sh- I've been injured a lot over my time. But as soon as you saw Something of to do, do with nothing, having a, doing a sport where people kick the shit out of you. There is that. <laughs> there's that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but as soon as you stop and you do nothing, even if it's for a few yeah, days. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes habitual and you start yeah, relapsing yeah. into Well, you this. see, I find if I'm not doing something, I get this itch. Yeah. I've got to do something. You know, because my wife was away for a while. Uh, she went back to Japan. And um, uh, I, basically, I couldn't go out and do a lot of things with the weather and the snap. So I did loads of cleaning just to have something to do. <laughs> you should have come around <laughs> mine. That would have been perfect. I've never I, thought of doing that. You could just come to mine. No, I just thought I've got to do something. I've got yeah, to have an yeah. objective for the day. Yeah. Uh, and, and if the day is not to shit and my body's not up to shit at the particular time, well, I'll do something, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what people always say to me regularly. Like, oh, you're the busiest man I know. I don't know how you do it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but, but what do you do? Well, I get up and I go to work and then by the time I get home and I sit down with the missus and kids and stuff, I'm like, there, that's where it stops for me. Yeah, by yeah. the time I get home from work, that's where my life begins. Yeah, You're yeah. saying you sit down with the missus and the kids and stuff, which I get it, that's your life, that's what you do. Yeah. But I don't sit down on my own and do nothing. I, yeah, that's yeah. when I'm doing something, you know, and yeah, that's yeah. when I go. I can't, as soon as I sit down, I feel like I'm missing out on something here, you know. Yeah. I'm missing out on an adventure. I'm missing out on something that could yeah, be yeah. exciting. And that can literally be... Somebody's egg you could kick in. <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, no, it could be like, you know, it can be as simple as going to a jiu-jitsu class. Or yes, like yes. Teaching yes. a pr- private well, lesson. Yeah, or, yeah, sure. You know, it could be that I go out with my eagle and we go for a walk. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Whatever it might be, like... The moment I sit and I do nothing, it's hard to do something again. Like yeah, yeah. If I sit and I do, I mean, I, I've got this weird thing where I hate getting up in the morning. I'm like, I'm not a great morning person. If I got something to do, like if you told me, Wes, we're going flying tomorrow. We got to meet at our usual spot at Parkway. Yeah. Um, 10 past 8. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I know my alarm's got to go off at half past 6. I'll be awake at quarter past 6. Yeah, yeah. Wait before my alarm. I know that. If you tell me, where do you got to go to work tomorrow? You've got to be there at 8.30. My alarm will go off at 8 o'clock and I'll be trying to snooze it. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'd hate getting up in the morning. But yeah, equally, yeah. I hate going to bed. Yeah, I yeah, hate yeah. it. That's another day gone. I'm yeah, thinking, yeah. Oh, I love going to sleep. I'm like, I like the rest element, but yeah, I hate thinking it's another day's gone by. Because you end up just counting the Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've done a lot of that over my 69 years. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Some of them have been full of adventures. Most of them, most of them have had something going on. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, whatever. So when you you go don't back have to a choice like, in this. <laughs> when, when you go back to, like, uh, uh, going to El Cap and stuff, what sort of age were you then when you went there? I was about 27, 28. And did you just go on your own or as a group? I, or? 
no, I went with a um, uh, with a quite well known uh, climber called Gordon Jenkin, and we we basically spent the whole month together, and uh, we did half dome. You, you know, half yeah. dome. We did that as well, the north face of half yeah, dome yeah. or northwest face, whatever it is. And that was your intention? You just went for climbing? You went? Yeah, climbing. oh yeah, absolutely. Just went for climbing. Uh, where were you based at the time? Did you do uh, like the... Camp 4. I mean, it was just... You did just go to Camp 4 and just stay there? Camp it was and just... such a doddle in those days. Yeah. I mean, we flew over there. I uh, met somebody on the plane and, and he was interested in the idea we were going to Yosemite to climb. I had a fantastic month there. And, um, and he says, oh... Uh, where are you staying tonight? I said, I don't know, we haven't worked it out. So I says, hey, why don't you come over to my place, you know? And he sorted me out with a little supply of something. <laughs> and he lived in his, he lived in an absolute multi-millionaire's house. Yeah? Yeah, he was a, a bit older than me, but not much. Yeah. So that was a great introduction to San Francisco. Yeah. And then we, then we went down to, um, um, yeah, Yosemite. We just rolled up in the... Valley. nobody asked her any questions now you've got to book it like first yeah. of january and you've got to be first in the line and everything's sold out by about you know second of january mm. uh and uh we just rolled up there and you know what were we in a camper or a car or no 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 uh we caught the bus there yeah uh, just with tents and stuff and, yeah yeah absolutely so this is back when camp four was like a hive for camp for oh god climbers. yeah it, it was, was just a, a it mecca. Was it fantastic was like, yeah yeah, there was all, all kinds of stupid stuff going on. Yeah, like you know. a real community of, yeah, of yeah. people just looking to achieve the same sort you know, of thing. People going in the cafes where the, and then you go in there and uh, doing dinner and dash was one of the little things. I never, di- I honestly never <laughs> did. Ken, you were dining, dashing, weren't you? Pancakes and doing a runner. Have to be coin now. <laughs> no CCTV in those days. Yeah. And and anyway, uh, but but uh, other other things that people would do to you know the. They'd go in there and then someone would have a huge great breakfast, eat half of it, and they just <laughs> grab the plate and eat the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. But anyway, I wasn't that badly off, so I, I, I didn't involve myself. It was just a, a crack being there, a hoop being there. Yeah. And we, cl- I, I think I did about a quarter of my days in Yosemite that, on the bivouac. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. We did uh, several multi-day routes. Wow. And um, yeah, so that was a real big, you know, fantastic trip. I mean, it sounds... Like obviously now, the big thing back then I think is it. Um, it was free, people and people easy. weren't trying to be superstars. People weren't trying to be famous. So now there's lots yeah. of climbers and lots of because of Netflix they follow. Yeah, people, yeah, Red yeah. Bull sponsor Absolutely. people. It's the same with base jumping, paragliding, skydiving. Like, yeah, yeah. You get lots of people who it's trendy now to be famous doing these things. Yeah. But when you watch the older documentaries, and I mean, I've been lucky enough to meet some of these people because I've spent a lot of time in America. And yeah, yeah. Base jumps yeah. And I've powered and I've surrounded myself sort of within this sort of scene. I don't climb, but I know a lot of climbers. And I think... Um, Hang oh, on. That's your, that's your mobile phone. That's my there. mobile phone. You didn't silence your mobile phone, did you? I don't I... think... I don't think the microphones will pick it up anyway. So okay, all right. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, I've been lucky enough that I've surrounded myself or I've been surrounded yeah. by people who climb and I've watched these Netflix documentaries. Yeah. And those sort of times, that was the golden era, right? Of yeah. climbing in, in your Yeah, city. yeah. And the same, like in Chamonix as well, there was people, everyone was living in um, uh, Snellsfield, it was called. Oh my God, the woods behind there were a little bit of a <laughs> place to <laughs> risk your shoes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, and I don't think we paid for anything there, and we just tossed there, and 
and tried to climb. I was never very good at alpine climbing, though. So. No. <laughs> I haven't got the legs for it, no. And, uh, yeah, there was, again, there was, there was superstars in the making and a lot of people who became quite famous. But at the time, everyone was just, you know, di- having a good laugh, really. Yeah, yeah. Different time, mate. Different, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a lot more free, I guess. And lot, I, I just think that, you know, like the, this superstar thing, when you, which, we see, which you see with people, I just think... Uh, there I, there must have been and because you know i've done i like i've been to moab for base jumping and not mm, filmed mm. i filmed lots of my base jump but i don't post it online and i did because you there's like a, a sense of freedom when you're just doing stuff for yourself and like, yeah yeah, yeah. Go, and the group who i was with i was with a really cool little group we made a nice little group and we didn't really know the area really well so we'd link up with some base jumpers who knew it well or we just go on youtube we find a, a place yeah like a, an exit point we just hike and we try and find it using the YouTube as like a reference <laughs> and stuff. But that was really cool. You're just like five of us in a van. It was my van. We'd drive, we'd park up, we'd hike all day trying to find this exit point or something. Yeah. And it was brilliant because you're not, there was no, um, you know. You weren't going to a big name place to do some big, fantastic thing. No, we were just having an adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was just an adventure. It was just brilliant. And I imagine like, but your day when you were doing the climbing, you you were at the real adventure point where it was for no other reason but adventure, you know? Like People yeah, yeah. wrote diaries, but people weren't making, like, films to go on Netflix. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if you're lucky, you've got, your na- you know, your name in, in text about this big in one of the magazines. Somebody did something, you know, yeah. <laughs> and that was it. And that was it. That was your fame, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, I mean, with YouTube, as you say, and everything like that, you know, you look what that guy in... Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. People yeah. can make them their names on that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can you can dine off of that now, and you can make it a career, and you can, which you know, and that's not me discrediting people. Like, that's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm certainly not a climber, so I can't. I can't do that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. Just you know, like it, just I, I just, I just did it when I was, you know, psyching myself up for a really difficult climb that I thought was really going to be scary. Um, then it, you had this kind of like real, you know, feeling of. Will I be up to this? And then you get on it and you'd be just climbing crisply and nicely. And, you know, that was just, I, you do that for the fun. Yeah. Because it's a real adrenaline kick. Yeah. I remember trying to do something called Great Wall on Cloggy, uh, which climbers, that'll mean something like that. And it hadn't been it's done. It's a UK climb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it had quite a few ascents by that time, but only by the best. And I was trying to be one of the best. And as I say, I was definitely middle, <laughs> middle, middle league table. Uh, I was, uh, I was pretty good, uh, but I wasn't up with there with the, the Ron Fawcett's and the, and the uh, 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 Pete Livesies and all these kind of nowhere. I was definitely s- s- several steps down the ladder. But yeah, I had my moments, shall we say? But so. what, and you're working it this time as well, though, right? Offshore or you're like what? Yeah, uh, yeah. Just I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had a work job where I was working a month away and then a month holiday. Yeah. Um, so you'd have big blocks of climbing and doing what you want to do, and then big blocks of being away. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, what was your role on the rigs? Uh, I used to put instruments down in in the wells. Okay. Uh, after uh, when they're drilling a well, then I'd put instruments down in the wells to or explosives or stuff like that, uh, and. When they drill the hole, they don't really know where the hole's going or what's down there or anything. Yeah. And so the instruments would allow you to tell what was going on 
Yeah. In other words, the only reason, if with an exploration well, the only reason they drill a hole is so that I could put my, my tools down there, because okay. that's what the geologists look at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mainly, uh, and uh, yeah, so it's pretty well paid. And so, it, how, like, how did you find rig life? Was because it doesn't sound like it's something that would suit you being away from everything, locked on this platform. In oh, the I, city, like, well, I mean. Yeah, it was only a short time I did platforms. Mostly I did on land in Libya. Oh, okay. on, on land in Libya, in, okay. Yeah, so you always had, you know, we, we'd make beer and things like that. And we had a social <laughs> life. Yeah. And it was, you know, 28 days on, 28 days off, that was. Yeah. And but just a group of lads, just still like... Oh, yeah, very much a group yeah, of lads. Not so, in like a big town or anything, just like Oh, God, no. Isolated. Middle of the bloody desert. Yeah. And, you know, there's certain places they found oil and then you get it. There's a kind of small community around there you know you might find some with say about 200 people living in it or something yeah. like that maintaining all the stuff and and um yeah and it was okay I, it was miserable at the start of the 28 days but i'll tell you what last week flew by yeah and the first week was absolutely joy because you thought i'm not and then the last week before you went back was oh no i've only got three more days <laughs> yeah. yeah i still get like that now on a, on a saturday night when i know i've only got sunday left before i go back to work yeah so. yeah yeah but so. it just um like i that that sort of scene. I've got friends who have worked on uh, in the oil industry on rigs and stuff, and you know, there's always been a thing of like, oh, you should think, but I just couldn't. It, it couldn't be. I there's too much I want to do. Yeah, I I feel claustrophobic just thinking about that. You know, so yeah, someone yeah. like yourself who's quite adventurous in that. But I guess the only reason you got to do a lot of the things you got to do is because the money you were earning from doing the work that you were well, doing. Well, yeah, yeah, and and also, I mean, when I was working out in Kuwait, uh, and uh, which I did for a couple of years. Um, you know, I could actually take my month up away. I went, I went trekking in Nepal one month. Met oh, yeah. my met my wife out there. We arranged to meet somewhere, uh, and we spent twenty eight days in Nepal. And then I flew back to work, and wow. and and that cost me nothing on flights. Yeah, because I was going to have a flight back to England anyway, and and I was allowed to change it to go wherever I wanted. Wow, and that's how so, you met your wife? No, no, I met my wife in Japan. Ah, oh, right, okay. Why were you in Japan when you met your wife? Just a holiday? Ah, after my first two years of working on rigs, I decided I'd never, ever work on a rig again, which proved not to be true. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, I, I, I'd heard that you could teach English as a foreign language. So I met her over there, started to learn Japanese, uh, and she was one of my students in a kind of adult education class. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad we've clarified it was an adult education class. Yes. Again. <laughs> <laughs> She's up. older than me. I didn't want to do this podcast. <laughs> the report button starts getting hit. <laughs> yeah, and, and anyway, so the, uh, yeah, uh, we, we travelled through, um, went to Thailand and then we went to Nepal and then we tr tried to do as much as you could consistent with wars in Afghanistan and yeah. this and that and the other. We, we went across to Iran and, and bust it through there and and uh, stayed in Istanbul, and then uh, <laughs> we decided we'd had enough of each other. We'd been travelling for a month together or more. Yeah. Uh, I nearly lost her at one point when a, an Indian train pulled away with her. The, uh, the train was there, continuous. I went along to get a cup of tea, came back, and the train had divided in two. The front of the train had gone off, and she couldn't speak English very well at all. Uh, in fact, virtually none. Uh, and couldn't handle and couldn't handle Indian ex accents at all, <laughs> not at all, and and <laughs> I don't know, we could have never seen each other again. Yeah. And yeah. anyway, from Istanbul, 
um, uh, we'd had enough of each other. We were definitely getting on each other's nerves. Yeah. So I left her to catch the train to my parents' place. She's never left Japan before. Uh, and I hitchhiked back from Istanbul <laughs> to, to England. Wow. <laughs> Took me about six days. So Wow. So she caught the train off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just rolled up late. Uh, yeah, I, I let my parents know that there was this... <laughs> Japanese girl. Who's so, got, how was your Japanese at this point? Eh, pretty good. We spoke in Japanese all the time. Oh, okay. Um, so, how is your Japanese now? Crap. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because as soon as she started learning English, you're like, "Well, we've we figured this out then." Well, <laughs> well she does highly technical <laughs> translation and gets paid huge amounts of money. Yeah, for it. yeah. So, um, working for lots of big companies, and uh, she's that's where she's out now, uh, and. Uh, Yes, yeah, her English has definitely come on a huge amount. Yeah. But she's been living here for 45, 46 years. It's just coincidental that as her English has got better, your Japanese has got worse, Ken. Well, it seems, I, I have to say, it seems somewhat lazy on your part, Ken. Yes, it is. A, it was a bit. Because <laughs> your son lives in Japan, right? Yes, he does. Yeah. But she refused to speak English, uh, Japanese to her to him. Does she? She did, yeah. Okay. So so he can't. he's not bilingual. He should be. Because, wow. Well, at the time, you see... She was insisting on speaking English to to Dan, her son. Yeah. And at the time, we were mostly speaking Japanese together. And I just thought, well, why don't you speak Japanese to him? Oh, no, I want his English to be really good. Now he lives in Japan and he's had to learn, try and learn Japanese a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's mad. I know it's Madness. mad. Yeah, yeah, she's quite Madness, but... awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully she won't be listening to the podcast, Ken. She might get really awkward after listening oh, to this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's... Let's not tell her you've done it. <laughs> Any, anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah that, like, it's really cool. But you, So you went out there and you started teaching English. Is that is this how you're teaching? You, you progressed into teaching? Look, so academically... Yes. Academically, were you academic yourself? Yes. Did you get a degree? Did yeah, you got a degree. Like... I gave up in the third year. I couldn't be asked. What was your degree? Uh, aeronautical engineering. Okay. Yeah. And, I, and the only... Uh, it, I, I was really keen on model planes. I made loads and loads of model planes. I was always fascinated by flying. And um, uh, so I thought aeronautical engineering. I did pretty well in A-levels and things like that. And, you know, went to a good university, Manchester, you know. And... But then totally gave up with it in the third year. I just could not be asked. I just thought, I'm sick of this. Were you, at this point, you're already into climbing and going Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that was, a, obviously, that was a big impetus or a big motivation yeah. for you to not and give the, a fuck about The climbing. only job I applied for was the best paid job from university, which was working on oil rigs. And they only handed it out to normally Oxford and Cambridge people. But at that time, they spread it out to the kind of next grade universities down. Yeah. And I, it's the only job I applied for, and I got it. <laughs> and that, you know, my life would have been totally different apart from that. Yeah. Uh, because that set me off on, you know, learning a skill and earning quite a, a chunk of money yeah. and traveling around. I mean, I was sent to the Far East dream yeah <laughs> I mean, like did you have aspirations to travel before you traveled with oh yeah oh yeah yeah that was what you wanted to do i want to go I want my to nickname was ken the adventurer yeah I, which yeah this is the thing people won't the, the, I, the reason you're on here because i don't think people will appreciate that yeah, yeah having met you at westbury or selsley or something yeah saying oh it's too windy today yeah they won't, they won't have like or me and you arguing on facebook or whatever people yeah, won't yeah, realize yeah. like yeah yeah like, this guy's really cool. He's like full of adventure. And I like, I, I just have to be a bit old and a bit. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Experienced. Um, experienced. Like, so, experienced. Get, so within my family, I'm 
I'm a bit standout. Like in the so my brother likes to go on holiday, but he goes yeah. to an all inclusive place in Egypt, or he goes. I know he goes somewhere different all the time. Yeah, but yeah. They go to all inclusive places. My sister likes. She'll happily go to Butlins, or she'll go to I don't know, like Tenerife so, for the kids for a week or something. I, I'm pulling but the face me, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but me, I can't think of anything worse. I like. No, to, no. I like. I want to see everything, and people say, yeah, yeah. "Oh, where do you want to go?" And I'm like, everywhere. And, yeah, I, and yeah, that's yeah. not me exaggerating. Like yeah, I want to yeah. go everywhere. I want to see everything. Yeah, yeah. Got this lust for the world and people, and that's why I get angry when I hear people talking about immigration and oh, this God, and that. Yeah. I'm like, "Fuck, man, go out and see <laughs> the world. You'll realize it's lines on a map." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, see something, you know. And yeah, but I've, I don't remember there being like a, a catalyst for it. I just remember. Always wanting more, wanting yeah, to yeah, see yeah. more, wanting to do oh, more. Oh, I was know? the same. I mean, around the around uh, the far east, you know, I was, you know, I was twenty twenty one at the time, yeah. uh, and you know, I I got stationed um, uh, in just a minute. Let me just remember this exit. Yeah, I got stationed to Singapore. No, to Taiwan first. Yeah, which is exotic place. It's yeah. well, I mean, it's it's a really busy place now, but yeah. it was fantastic. Well, really like in the news right now well so, i know yeah. that yeah, yeah yeah so i spent five months there uh and then i went was based out of singapore and i went to the philippines for about um eight weeks in total and i went to bangladesh working offshore bangladesh uh you know you fly up there in a plane uh and then 100 miles offshore on a helicopter uh on a big semi-submersible rig for two weeks at a time and then fly back and do the set you know have two weeks off and it was fine. I and mean, so did you use a lot of your time to not just be working in these areas to see them as well? If you had time off, you'd see a lot of the area as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. that's one of the downsides to what I've I've travelled a lot through fighting. Yeah, uh, you know, like Japan, Thailand, oh, right. Dominican Republic, yeah, yeah. Brazil, Poland, Sweden, Croatia. Like I've yeah. been to lots of places, but lots of time. They'll fly you out on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Yeah. Wayans will be on a Friday. You'll fly on the Saturday. You fly home on the Sunday. Yeah. So I'd always try and negotiate for a smaller person, longer stay. Or if yeah, I'm yeah. there cornering someone, the other fighter generally wants more pay. So we'd only be there for a few days. But whenever we land, I'm out. I'm seeing the city. I'm doing something. Yeah, yeah, else. yeah. Me too. I was yeah. doing the same. I'd wander around. I've, I mean, I've, you know, a lot of people read guidebooks. Oh, I've got to go here and I've got to go here. You know. I I probably missed out on a lot of stuff because I just quite like wandering around and asking yeah. people or just kind of the real experience, immer- like immersing yeah. yourself in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So wh- where would you like? You spent a lot of time in Asia then, by the sounds of it. Well, it wasn't that. It was two years. I was okay. over that in, in that area. Yeah. Is there anywhere where you? Oh, and then a year in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Is there anywhere where you that, like? That's your calling. You love Asia, or you love America, or you love now, is there, see, Australia. As I there... got, I, I mean, Australia's really nice. That's a, yeah. that's a lovely place to live. I think, uh, but I really like living in England now, yeah. to be honest. Or oh, I mean, France, anywhere in Europe, I'd like to live. But yeah. unfortunately, we seem to be restricted to only being able to live in England now for some yeah, strange yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be, you've got to enjoy living in England now because we fucked ourselves and we're just stuck to here. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I did get expelled from France once though. Did you? Yeah. Well, for what? <laughs> you said, yeah. Like, yeah, like, well, yeah, of course I did, Wes. Like, well, because we, we lived there for a year. Yeah. Uh, it was. When you say you lived there, like proper house set well, up there or like travel. Yeah, yeah. We, or... we rented, we rented a house near Geneva. Uh, and um, I was I was commuting out to Libya, uh, and and back, uh, and uh, it was just really good for tax reasons yeah. to do that. And um, 
and also I wanted to do it. And uh, so we lived uh, fairly near Chamonix, and uh, uh, yeah, so I'm just, I've, I've lost my thread of thought now. Oh, yeah, yeah, so I was just, yeah, and anyway, I got a residence permit, and um, and my wife was driving to um, the, the uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, the frontier yeah. one day, and the police said, we keep seeing your yellow camper van coming through here, what the hell's going on? I mean... She didn't really speak any French, but eventually she, she said she'd been stopped by the police. And they came around and said, oh, well, I did have a residence permit, a temporary one. But they said, oh, you can't stay here. And they gave us a week to leave. Wow. And so we had to pack up all our stuff. And we had our son was about, uh, he was about a year and a bit old at that point. Yeah. And yeah, so I got kicked out of France. Where did you go? Straight back to here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Yes, we had to come straight back to here. Yeah. yeah, we stayed with some friends and then came back in the house. But actually, I had a a, a real problem because um, I, I I didn't realise I'd been banned. I got a letter and I never really read it properly. Yeah. <laughs> and I went over to see my friend ski touring because I've done a lot, a lot of ski touring around Chamonix, uh, and uh, we skied from um, the Chamonix side down into Switzerland, quite a steep off-piste route. We had quite an epic on it. And then we had to come back through. Oh, uh, yeah, we had quite an epic. My mate had to abseil down through. Well, anyway, we got separated. He was going down on a rope through very steep woodland and stuff, multiple um, abseils. And uh, we got off the mountain really late and went back through the uh, the border into France. And they um, basically checked our passports. And my mate was a bit dodgy anyway, and he's, he was... <laughs> Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, I'll not tell you another, uh, the extension of the story. <laughs> well, not on air, okay? No, 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 exactly. You shouldn't tell me off there. I mean, no, no, no. He, he's, he's done lots of property deals and things like yeah. that uh, and, um, and made a good living at it. And, um, yeah, so they checked my passport and I was thinking, what could possibly be wrong here? And they said, you're, you're not permitted. You were expelled from France for three years. And I said, what? <laughs> So what's the reasons? Did you overstay a visa or something? What's the well, reason uh, for expelling you? I don't know. I think that I think this is they got, shouldn't have. They this has sh- got a story. This not they, being they told. Should, all no, over no, again. no. It is. It isn't. <laughs> I tried to do it the legal way. I went to the Marie, the uh, the um, uh, town hall, yeah. and said, "Can I have a residence permit? We intend to live here for six months or maybe a year." And they said, "Oh yes, okay. Well, we'll give you a temporary one while we check your status." And then it was after quite a long time, they suddenly decided my status was you can't stay here. And that's. But your temporary one hadn't expired or anything? No, it hadn't. They just said we shouldn't have issued this in the first place. Which passport were you using? The one with your real name on it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because this has got all the making. No, no, no. I I, I was actually quite straight about it. You know, I thought I did have the right to live there and I didn't. Even though we were in the EU, we hadn't got to the level of ah, cooperation. Right. So it was only because you'd set a residency, like you'd you'd, well, yes. you'd rented yeah. somewhere. You'd, so if you were just in somewhere temporary, like a hotel or something, it wouldn't have been so much of an issue, or something like that. Yeah, yeah but I mean, okay. I know it's several years after. Uh, then people did have the right to go and live there and retire and do what you wanted, you know. Uh, and then, of course, we've pissed all that away, haven't we? <laughs> I mean, like it's just. The, the consequences of that now, which, I mean, everyone who was 
sensible sort. We knew that Brexit was bollocks. We yeah, knew it was complete a lie. bollocks. We knew all yeah, these things. Yeah, exactly. And I think now we're caught in this problem where the people who did fall for it, and I mean, like, I've got lots of friends who fell for it, and they're not stupid people, and it's not like, oh, they're yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. ignorant. And, but I sort of have this thing where I say to a lot of people now, um, I'm like, nobody voted Brexit really for anything other than racism or underlying Yeah, racism. yeah. Like, no, no, it's not. That's not it at all. No. Yeah. I, I just, just, think we I just don't like to... foreigners. No, it's all, I, just, <laughs> I just think we should have been able to make our own rules. Yeah, yeah, laws. yeah. I'm, okay, what, hmm. what laws or rules is it that we couldn't make? And they can't name them, obviously. Yeah, yeah, can't. yeah. Well, of course they can't because we only objected to two ever. That, yeah. were over, that was overturned. Like, yeah, yeah. And both of them were on pay and human rights. So yeah, it was yeah. a good job they got overturned. Yeah. So of course they can't come up with something. And then it's like, oh yeah, well I just think, you know, we should be able to have more say about our borders. I'm like, what about our borders? Well, you know, about like how many people come in? Right, so immigration. Well, no, no, no. Not immigration. Like, well, yeah. In, racism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got down to the point of it, which I know you're not racist in that you don't go out and beat people of colour up and you don't want people of people yeah. of colour to be beat I, up. I married a bloody foreigner. Yeah, but you've got to understand <laughs> it's ignorant to want to control your borders and um, say you want less immigration. Yeah. There's a racial connotation to that. Unless yeah. you think, oh, well, it ruins our economy. Well, we know that's false. Yeah, I know. We know that's false, right? So yeah. all these people now who have said it, we're, we're now realising... Yeah. We're screwed. We're screwed. And especially now, I think... COVID exposed it massively. The yeah, travel yeah, bans, yeah. the restrictions, yeah, people yeah. wanting to leave the country. Hey, listen, you fucking idiots. We're <laughs> one of the smallest islands in Europe. Like, yeah, yeah. Of course we're fucked. We're a tiny little island. We'll yeah, quite yeah. easily be forgotten about. And lots of people who were saying, we, we should, our farmers, we can sustain ourselves and we can... We no, we can't. <laughs> COVID proved it. We never had yeah, anything yeah. in stock because no, we've got such a small... Our climate's so varied that we've got such a small time to grow stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then we had no one to pick any of it and stuff was dying in fields. Yeah, because, yeah, I know. And, yeah, we're just... Now we're sort of... It's, it's exposing ourselves. And yeah. It's too late. I totally agree on that. It's too late. And it is. Yeah, I know. Anyway, uh, I, f- I forgot why. Because you were being... A super spy, mortal man of mystery, and expelled uh, from France. That's how we got. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, yes. Oh, did, did I say about uh, had had we gone through the border by this time? I, I don't know. They checked. They ch- they checked me. Yeah. Oh yeah, and they said. Uh, oh, Chamonix. Yeah, yeah, yes, in yeah. Chamonix, I was trying to go through the border, yeah. and they said we won't let you in. So basically, we had all our bivouac gear, and I kind of like, I think... So you'd come from Chamonix, out of Chamonix? And down down in into... Uh, Switzerland. Into Switzerland. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the place, but there's a railway station there. begins with T. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, so anyway, I think they dropped me back at the station, and I bivouacked in the toilet there, which was... It's a Swiss <laughs> toilet. It was absolutely yeah, clean as anything, yeah, yeah. and heated. Because yeah, it, it was like February or something like that. Yeah. And so I just bit right there and they got picked up and uh, the next day and we went around it to a different border crossing. And got back in. And got back in and I was pulling Were my pants. Were you in the boot of someone's car at this point, Kevin? Uh, no, I did, we just kind of went in. You know, if you went in the what, the Geneva crossing, the very busy one, they rarely check your t- passports. Yeah, yeah. It was just a middle of the night, late night thing. They were... They, They've got nothing else to do. They might as well check the occasional car that goes through. So how long did that... Do you ever get any, like, check it, checked when you go to France now? Do you ever get no, no, no. It's three months. Uh, they, they, they banned me for three years. Yeah, nothing shows up now. Nothing and nothing shows up. Happens. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, 
So when you um amid this life of adventure of yours, you suddenly became a teacher. Yeah. Right. What what age did that come about? How did oh. it come about? Because you've lived a life of massive adventure, exploring. Yeah, things. yeah, yeah. Was it a financial thing? You needed money. You need a job. Or was it? A I was. I was genuinely. I genuinely had enough of. After ten years, no, it's actually twelve years on the rigs. I kind of thought, do you know what? Been there, done that. Yeah. Want to do something different? And the idea of being at home, because you know we were, we were had a young kid at the time. And Mickey didn't like. My wife didn't like me going away you know for a month at a time sometimes over Christmas when you've got a little kid you know she was sick of it and I I was sick of it as well and so basically I thought well teaching that'd be a good plan the sort of teaching when I was like early 20s was what you know (laughs) but at this time I mean I was what probably 32 or something like that I thought actually that would work you know and so I did uh you know I became a physics teacher in a Brislington School, ten how, years. Yeah. How uh, and and then a total of twenty two in total. What time did you? What year did you finish teaching there? Uh, finished teaching about ten years ago. So there will probably be people listening to this who you taught because obviously I'm from Stockwood. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So lots of my friends went to Brislington School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would have taught people who were going to listen Ab- to this. Absolutely. Without, without yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you um. How come physics teacher? Because your degree's not in science. Uh, yes, in it mechanical is. Mechanical engineering, but mechanical engineering. Well, it's right? engineering. Engineering. Okay. I got the top marks in my school in physics. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's what you, it's physics and maths to do engineering. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's how you got. It was in on the physics side. That's how you got in, like because of your your previous. Yeah. And stuff. I met one of my previous students actually last weekend. Oh yeah. And um, I remember he was in um, a really good bunch of kids came through, and I used to get them really good A level results. And and he went on to university. He he learned climbing. He still is involved with climbing because yeah. uh, I introduced them all to climbing yeah, as yeah. I was introduced when I was a kid. Loads of loads of people uh, have started climbing because of that. And uh, and it turns out he's he's project managing a wind farm in the North Sea. Wow! Uh, excellent uh, as as an engineer. And I said, by the way, how old are you? I taught him age sixteen to eighteen. He says, oh, I'm forty five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's got to hurt that, that one. Oh, oh, that's got that to was hurt. painful. <laughs> yeah, that's got. To, yeah, that's like my sister's sort of it around that sort of age. So <coughs> these are people who you know, like we possibly would know if they're from Stockwood, Witchurch, yeah, yeah, you know, yes. like, that's all our area. So yeah, it's amazing. Probably the amount of people who will maybe see this and think, yeah, 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 like, exactly. There probably will be. Yeah, yeah. yeah, some most of them will probably say, "Oh, he was quite funny," because I always used to tell stupid jokes. I can imagine. Yeah, I haven't spent yeah, time yeah, with you. So, I can imagine. Yes, <laughs> I remember one that was really funny. Was I made some stupid comment, and uh, this this girl who didn't quite see my funny side said, "Sir, nobody likes your jokes. Everybody hates you." And and I said, I, I said, well. I, why do you tell these jokes? And she was really a bitter and twisted 15-year-old at yeah. the time. And, and I uh, turned around to her and said, well, it, I find it amusing. I mean, you know, it's, as, 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 uh, as long as there's a, a, at least one person laughing, I think that's funny. Yeah. And, and then she looks at me. I set her, set her up for the punchline, which was, yeah, but it's only you. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, nice I, to know things haven't changed, Ken. <laughs> well, well uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I remember her friends thought that was the, the whole setup was quite funny. Yeah, yeah. no, uh, like you, like I find you funny and your jokes quite funny. Like we, like, obviously, we spent lots of time together. But I just like the vocation from what you had done into teaching. But every time you talk of teaching. You always talk of it fondly, so it seems like something that you really enjoyed to do. And did you lead scouts? Or, um, uh, yeah, scouts well, I, I, well, I, then... uh, yeah, I got involved heavily with the outdoors. Yeah, because um, they were they were hiring a climbing instructor uh, for the school camp. Yeah, and I thought, well, I already had the qualification for doing that. I don't know why I'd done it. I said, well, I'm qualified to teach climbing. I said, oh, are you sure? He said, yeah, here's the certificate. Yeah. And so basically, for about ten years, I went on camps. And and uh, to, to Langorse Lake, that was one place uh, that was with that was with Bislington School, and I did the climbing instructing, and then uh, also for my second sc- major school was Downend School, okay. and I used to take kids away for weekends, and we literally uh, there's me and, and another uh, lady who's really into out- outdoors and outdoor education. And we were involved with the, uh, what do you call it, Duke of Ed, Duke Duke of Edinburgh stuff. But then uh, we had these weekends away and we'd we'd take the school minibus, fill it up with fuel and we'd drive over there. I'd be the driver uh, because I'd had the paperwork for it. And then we'd take them up hill walking. I was the hill walker uh, instructor. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, because I had passed that test as well. Uh, and then we'd take them climbing, and I'd leave that to a climbing centre, but they had their own instructor, so I left it to that. Then we'd walk them up another hill, and, and we'd cook, cook a meal on the Saturday night, night. So it's Saturday morning to Sunday evening, two full days away, uh, 42 quid. Yeah, exactly. It costs you about, it's 200 quid a day now. Yeah, yeah. A bit, but that's all because we did all the instruction, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember some of the kids had some fantastic... We did a proper walk. I mean, it's a proper three, three and a half hour walk with kids. And I had to evaluate it as summer conditions. Um, and so um, basically I did evaluate that the day was suitable for walking in the mountains with summer conditions. But there was two inches of ice on, on any water. <laughs> it was middle of bloody winter. Bloody I, and there was snow on the on the, on the the sides of the hills. And, and these kids were... Uh, there's some gullies going down Magic Mountain. Yeah. yeah? Uh, there's some gullies, little things, gullies, about 45 degrees. And there was snow in them. And then they were sliding down. I said, oh, fuck, crying out loud, you're going to kill yourself. <laughs> there's me thinking I'm going to be in court with this. You know? You'd probably only get two or three kids wanting to do it now. Well, Nowadays. No, I don't think so. I think a lot of kids would want to do, do that. Do you think so? Absolutely. Well, there was plenty wanted to do it. Yeah, anyway, I expect there was back in that Let me finish time, the story. Go, 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 right. go. Anyway, they were sliding down on the bombs. And I was oh, don't do that. Because you hit a rock and you could break your thigh or whatever it was. And uh, and then they uh, said, sir, don't you realise we've never seen snow before? <laughs> what? No, they'd never seen snow. They were 14. I mean, yeah. there's, been, there's not been that many years. There's one about 10 years ago when we had loads of snow. Yeah, yeah. But apart from that, they'd never seen snow. Wow. Yeah, so they had a fucking wild, a wild weekend. Yeah, I bet they did. And, it and cost, how it many cost, kids did you have with you? Uh, we used to take about, it was how many we could jam in the minibus. So yeah. that was about 12, 12, 13. I can't yeah. remember the exact size. We had to have. They all had to have seatbelts and that. So. Yeah, yeah. I um, yeah. I just, I don't know. I just think you would struggle. I think you'd be shocked at how many kids 
don't want to leave their PlayStations for two nights and don't want to go, like, you know, I, I might be wrong. I just, like, it, it's just that. I, I disagree because, I mean, I've taken, you know, the, the best trip I've done with kids is I took a bunch of year 10 kids across the Beckham Beacons on a two-night, three-day, two-night, unsupported trek carrying all our own food dry, yeah. dried and we had to kind of find suitable water supplies it was very hot yeah, yeah. Uh, and this was with a bunch of year 10s uh, six girls four boys no six boys four girls and I had an assistant adult who was a um, she was a uh, um, sixth former she was just 18 <laughs> <laughs> and that was it really um uh, so it was essentially I was that, that was the, that was it was 12 people yeah. you know and, but how long ago is this 10 years oh years? god no it's a lot for, lot long yeah it's, I mean, it's I, Brislington school days yeah, so they'll I all think, be in the 40s or something I, I honestly think now I mean as I said I might be wrong I think it'd be a harder sell for kids now well a, do you know which what? is sad I hope not I, the, I really the kids came down high as kites yeah because oh, yeah, they were it. just so pleased well, with the what thing. they'd done and the kids nowadays, if they did get out and they did experience that, yeah, like there's obviously I spend lots of times outdoors because I I hunt yeah. a lot. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, and like when I take people out with me, I mean I've had vegans come out with me to fly my eagle and hunt. Yeah, like, yeah. I hope you don't catch anything. And within two flights, they're hoping the bird catches. And you're like, <laughs> I thought you're vegan. Like, oh, I know. I don't know what's come over me. They're yeah, like, yeah, there's exactly. something primal about it. Well, well it's exactly. Same with being outdoors. Well, and, but yeah. I just think a lot of kids would not want to go and once they went they'd have an amazing time yeah yeah but be they sell. did it was yeah. definitely it would be one of those things they'd be saying you know what when i was at school they had this really bonkers yeah. teacher and he took us on this trip and it was yeah no it that was that was uh one of the highlights of my teaching thing and that was from bislington uh so it's a long time ago yeah they'd be they'd be in their 40s yeah. or or late 30s yeah, it's. I mean, I I did little adventure things like that from school, and I mean, I was always outdoorsy anyway. But like my brother, um, grew up exactly the same as me. We'd go out shooting air rifles. We'd do stuff. Yeah, my yeah. brother's never been out and flown a bird of prey with me. Yeah, got golden eagles. People are like yeah. queuing up, messaging me. I'd love to come see your bird. Yeah, fly. yeah, yeah. My brother can come out. My brother's never held one of my golden eagles. Oh really? Yeah, just like like nah, nah. What? And I'm like. Oh well, huh? Just no interest in being outdoors, <laughs> and like never come fishing with me overnight. Yeah, or anything yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I know if these kids did it more, they yeah, get yeah. more of a lust for it. But when you don't do it, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, or if you've got parents who aren't adventurous and are not trying to expose you to it, yeah, it's a harder yeah. sell. But I think most people would be shocked at how much of a reset it's for you to get out outdoors. And it seems hard at first, and it's going, oh, we've got to do this, we've got to walk. Once yeah. you're there, well, the you're doing tr- it. The trouble is the access to it now is so expensive. Like yeah. I say, it's going to cost at least £1,000 a week. Yeah, yeah. And the school might be able to scrounge them. Is this you pitching your costs, Ken, no. to guide people? I'm on is this way... you sidelining? <laughs> Any certificates I had have expired <laughs> a long time ago. And, and yeah, anyway... Uh, yeah, so, I mean, th- those are the kind of high points of teaching. I always liked doing that. And th- that was always good for my reputation as a teacher, yeah. as was playing in the school band. Which What instrument? Bass, guitar? Bass guitar. Bass guitar. I can whip out a fairly solid bass line, mate. Can boy. you sing, though? No. <laughs> well, I, can, I think I can the sing. The bass player But can when never I hear sing. it recorded, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. really boring. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I can sing accurately. <laughs> 
yeah. I, I can sing accurately, but it's just no. A bass player can never sing. That's that's why you're on bass, right? It's not... Well, I, yeah. It's <laughs> well, no. I've got a good musical ear. Yeah. I can whack out a bass line to anything. But, like you can do a lot of things, right? You like you're obviously engineering wise you're very good like the stuff you've done with the winch and repairing the winch and stuff yeah, yeah. rebuilt that you built your own electric bike you did you, yeah yeah did oh, I, built, ago, I built a were, kick car yeah oh did you yeah so you built a kick car that was like crap you've done that you played like you played in a band you've also got all the outdoor stuff and you turn your hand to a lot of things you're one of those people who's just like yeah, oh, yeah. i've got that i'll do that oh yeah, yeah yeah oh i loved it it was great i remember we had a battle of the bands night in Bislington school one night and um uh we this is this was the staff student band and it was kind of folk rock kind of band and and we i think we were the best anyway I mean, <laughs> did you win well no well <laughs> you know after we finished a really good number then kids were really you know yelling and screaming yeah. i went to, went to the front and i could recognize some faces and there's some of the kids uh year 10 so 15 of that so yeah. and, Sir, can you write, can you sign up sign your autograph? <laughs> and they wanted my autograph. How was the winner and, they, and, I, and I said to them, I said to them, well, I'm senior period two tomorrow. <laughs> and they said, it wouldn't be the same. <laughs> How was the winner decided? Was it like a clapometer thing? Someone would move well, forward? I, well, I don't know. But the fact that we had a load of screaming teenage girls that I actually yeah. taught, them, I thought was brilliant. Yeah, it was rigged, Ken. You should have won. Yeah, I know, I know. I think so, they must have put something in the in the water. I think probably. If, um, obviously, we've touched on uh, like where where I've said about like younger people are not not really um, n- lots of younger people in the sport, but maybe won't even know you if they haven't flown with you and stuff. Do you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, but, yeah. Like, what would you say? I'd like to know what your advice would be paragliding wise i guess or sports rehabilitation or anything you like but what your advice would be to younger pilots coming into paragliding and also then older pilots who were you know like their body's a bit more fragile and they're trying to protect themselves or recovering well from yeah injury. what advice would you give like to either to both sides of well that? i mean uh, one of the things i mean I've, I've done so many cross countries over the years i mean hundreds yeah and one of the things you know cross country flying is totally safe well, not totally safe, but it's pretty damn safe. Yeah. It's the bloody landing or the taking off that's yeah, the problem. Yeah. And it, it's just, it, it's not a problem for me now. I, when I'm coming in low, I'm straight away looking at where am I going to, w- once I've given up, once I yeah. realise I'm on a, you know, I'm on yeah. a down. I might. You're, so you're not trying to eke it out like, say, someone like myself would. So, like, right. I'll be trying to get a climb out of a town and taking stuff as low as... And this is... I am not advising people to do this. This is just my Oh, yeah, yeah. Stupidity. Don't, don't worry. This is my, I, yeah. But I, I went at 2,000 feet over Milton Keynes, yeah. which you're not supposed to no, do. No, no. But I, I know, and, like, you're and, and think, now, now that you're a bit older, you're thinking about setting up your landing a, a lot sooner than someone else maybe No, what be. I'm saying is if, if someone is, is doing their first cross countries... Yeah. Yeah. Then in that case, it's when you're landing, just get everything set up, make sure of wind direction. Yeah, you know, look at the trees, all that kind of stuff, uh, and look at your exit where you're going to go. You know, yeah. um, and leave yourself loads of sp- loads of space and check for cables. So would you know, you... that kind of stuff is for me? It's second nature. But you so know. would you be would you be more inclined to let conditions are really good we're not talking about bad weather conditions conditions are really good everything sort of would you be encouraging younger pilots to be like 
go. Go, start pushing, start doing something, start start yeah. making a move now, you know, let's go, let's start enjoying the adventure of it, you know. Well, well I mean, but, yeah, if you see someone going up, take off. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and hopefully be that person that's <laughs> the one that other people see that's that makes them take and off. And just go, if you bomb at 5k, you bomb at 5k, but yeah, just yeah. go, I mean, like, yeah, I mean yeah. that's not me saying... It's not obviously giving people advice to go and fly in 15 mile an hour winds that you're not comfortable in. So, yeah, yeah. But it's you get more comfortable in conditions when you fly more varied conditions, right? The yeah, yeah, like, there is, there is and that. And the more yeah. you go XC, the the more comfortable you're going to be going XC. Absolutely. Like, I guess yeah. that's what you're saying is if we're talking that all conditions are good and stuff, just go yeah, be, yeah. be bold, right? Yeah, yeah. And keep a bloody good eye around you yeah, all yeah. the flipping time. Yeah. Because I ran a competition once when I did the BCC and. Two people had midair and both died. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. So that really kind of brings it home to you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, but you're, so you're, but you're definitely on the more other side of adventure. Go out, let's do this. Let's go and fly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, for sure me, for me I mean, it's not like a big full-on adventure anymore yeah. because I've done it so many times. Yeah, of course. I just really like doing it. Yeah. And I like doing well at it. Yeah, yeah. As in... <laughs> if I fly over your head, it's going to be. <laughs> um, I, I've flown over Kirsty's head a couple of times, yeah. But unfortunately, she's flown over my head or, or left the hill way before I ever left the hill. Many times she's more. done it to all of us, right? She's I done know. it to all of us. She's, yeah. she's on here soon. Um, Kirsty's on here soon, so we'll mm. be talking over that with her. But yeah, I just um, like obviously uh, the competitive side of it for you. Is yeah. it a big part, like the league and stuff? Is it a big part? The league, is, the league is the competitions. It's a waste of time trying to do the comp, uh, to race against Enzo's yeah. on, on a flipping B plus. I've given up with start cylinders now. I, I thought, why am I bothering spending all that time getting in the cylinder, waiting around half an hour, going round yeah. and round, and then as soon as I cross, I've had times when I've crossed the line, you know, within the top five. Yeah. And ten minutes later, they're all <laughs> all in the distance, and I thought, yeah, yeah. "Why did I bother?" Yeah. So, uh, but competition-wise, like the competitive side of cross-country. Oh yeah, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Like, the league's a big factor, or would you still be out pushing even if the league? Wasn't no, out? no. I, I I find the league is a good push thing, and I'm yeah. really pleased that they've come out now and they've reinstated uh, B-class glider prizes. And and also awards because one thing did annoy me about the XC League is I had a big stand-up row last with with most of the people in the XC League, yeah. <laughs> individually. But you see up up there, basically, there's a whole bundle of awards up there, yeah. and a lot of them tap from the mid '80s. But when you get old, do you know what? It's quite nice to look at those yeah, things. Yeah, of course, yeah. And you know, I came, I won a, I won a, an A A class competition. In France, yeah. I finished up fifth in France. I've got the awards up there. Yeah, yeah, it was in the eighties. But I tell you what, when you're my age, it's a good thing to look back at. Mate, I, I've got my best newcomer to Avon yeah. award. Yeah, and it means a lot to me to have the best newcomer. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, you know, yeah, in the grand scheme like, of things, oh, that, that would be quite small. But at the time, yeah, and it's still it's still a big deal to and me that's because why I'm like, I, when I when I decided to do this, I was the best newcomer at it, you know? Yeah. And, like, it's quite nice to look back and, and have yeah, that. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, I've got a shelf full of the bloody things. They're all around the house. There's yeah. loads of mugs and things and all kinds, you know, because I used to, when I did the BCC, I used to organise all the prizes. And also when I was doing the comps with the Avon Club, I was organising all the prizes. So I decided what the prizes were. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's far too many beer, beer uh, <laughs> but I, like, I'm, 
I'm glad the the league have done that. I mean, I'm always very defensive of the league because I have a very good relationship with them. I deal with yeah, them yeah. a lot. I realize how hard their their job is. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I re- like, because I speak to John and Gary and those guys quite often because of my role within the club and stuff. I speak to them a lot. Um, like, I sympathize with them. They're great guys. We talk a lot. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I'm always very defensive of them. I'm glad they've done it just because I think it'll be more of a push for people to do more exit. Well, like, well so, I, I, exactly. And I, I like, I love comp flying. I love going away and I've done some PWCs and stuff and I love it. Mm, mm. But financially, I just can't do it. I can't mm, commit. Mm, mm. I mean, you're talking eight to 10 grand a year to be a competitive. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I can't do that. I'm not financially in a place where I could do yeah. that. And I'm never going to be because I'm always going to put adventure over earning money. So yeah, yeah. It, that's what holds me back. Stuff like wanting to go flying stops me going flying because yeah. I don't earn the money because I go flying. Um, but so I'm keen if you're rewarding people on B gliders and stuff for doing really well. Absolutely. Then they're going to try and progress further and they're going to keep wanting to do well. Well, it, it, it's just, I don't know. You know, when you get to your dotage like me, yep. then, then you know, it's nice to have those things going back. And, you know, it, it's memories and it, it yeah, it's yeah. all good stuff. Yeah. When I see Nev, Ar- Ar- Nev um, Armand. Yeah. You know, we always have a good laugh because, you know, we went to Hungary together in a big van and then came back and did a competition in St. Andre. And we had a load of laughs along the way. And so, you know, that's what went... And that's the kind of memories that it it stirs back. I mean, that's that's one of the, the sides of paragliding that doesn't come across enough i think because when i first saw it, i thought oh i'm a fucking cool base jumper skydiver this is just all men floating around a hill yeah yeah and for and all intents and purposes it is and then um but then once you get involved in the community it is way older than it should be because yeah. it's a really cool community it's fun there's loads of adventures yeah yeah like, absolutely when idris was back in that's when i think that's when our group that we've got now me alex kirsty joe Ollie and Lawrence are in now. As yeah, well. yeah. Idris, but take Lawrence and Laura, uh, Ollie and Lawrence. It was me, Alex, Kirsty, and Idris. And that season was amazing because Idris yeah. would literally text me. He's like, uh, "Friday." So I'd look straight. That's all he text me. Friday. So I'd look. I'd look at. Um, okay, look. It looks really big from um, Mir, but because of that. I think Mir's going to be hard to get away from. I think we should be in South Wales. And yeah, yeah. Okay, it's not as good, but it's going to be better to get. He's like, right, okay, boom, and then he'd be like. Sunday, Lake District, boom, and we just go. We're going Lake District, and our little group, okay, I'm in, and we yeah. just drive, get in a. We go to Lake District, we just book a hotel, share a room in a hotel, and it was adventure. It was wicked. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The more younger people who realise that that's a massive aspect of this sport, yeah, and get yeah. into it, the more that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Because like, we're getting amazing summers now, you know, like we're yeah, yeah, amazing I know, I know. summers, and so. I think the more people who, younger people who are willing to have that adventure or in a position to have that adventure, the more adventures there'll be. Yeah. So I think we need to get, and, and when you yeah. re- reward stuff like that with the B class gliders and stuff and sports classes and all that sort of stuff, yeah. the more that's rewarded, hopefully the more progression it, and it gets people in because the more younger people that are in this sport, the more sport progresses, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But then the downside of that is the busier the hills get. Yeah, but. From an XC point of view, it's not necessarily a bad thing because if you're trying to get up and get away, it's nice to have people in the air marking. There is, yeah, yeah. I would rather have a hill full of 50 uh, 50 XC pilots than 20 ridge shores because mm, your 50 XC pilots are going to get up and go. Yeah, I know. Your 20 ridge shores are going to be. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I I always want to be with the first gaggle because quite often 
The first gaggle's the only gaggle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Often enough, anyway. Yeah. Um, right, so now we're talking then the older community. The people who maybe want to get into paragliding, but they're a bit older. Or the people who are, who are a bit older, but yeah. they're a bit more tentative and stuff. And then, So how would you say you address it, your flying or your um, your drive for flying? How do you handle it in, with with the age as age crept up on you did it make a big difference and then now not not, with not massively I'm, I'm not as quick as i used to be and i, I never was very good at handling a glider uh, hang gliders or power gliders uh but uh, but i do uh, just about do okay uh but uh, in terms of other people coming in i've known a few people come in who are kind of like older yeah yeah well not older not my age but um Around 50 or so? Like yeah, well, 40s. yeah, late 40s, something yeah. like that. And I, I just say, go to, uh, you know, get your training done. And the best way to do that is go to Spain, you know, Fly Spain or one of them companies that work over there. Because uh, it's difficult to do it in England with the weather. Yeah. And, you know, the, with the windows, obviously, too windy for training. is doesn't necessarily mean too windy for cross-country. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean that's what I'd advise, you know, for people to do that. And what but, about the older side of people who are already in the sport, who are maybe not pushing to go XC? They feel like, oh, I'm a bit old. There's a lot of effort, and it's this well, and it's that. And it's- do you know what? There's, uh, I mean, Pete Douglas, he's seventy five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do remember uh, going cross country from the um, from the rifle range, and there was this guy below me, and I'd watched him, and he was, you know, he was getting on a bit. this is going back about 15 20 years or something like that and i went cross country nothing i just didn't do go very far at all but i saw him the next day on the rifle range and i said uh oh you didn't go cross country you pulled out of the thermal and landed back he said well yeah i just thought maybe not you know i said do you mind could i ask you how you know how old you are he was 83 wow yeah exactly 83 and he's calling like a good one yeah yeah and I thought, well, that's okay. Maybe he doesn't want to put up with all the hassle and stuff. Personally, I probably hope I never, you know, grow out of that. I quite like landing and yeah, yeah. stick my thumb out and some. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm not in a, I'm not in a hurry mostly these days. That, which I think, yeah, yeah that's quite, a big side of it. Like you know, if you're if you haven't got to get up for work the next day, no. and if you're in retirement, then that's a big side of it. But I think. Um, maybe from talking to people on the on the hill who are, I'm going to say like towards the older. I, I don't want to call yeah. anybody old or anything like. That. It's towards the older age, age range of pilots. Yeah. Like lots of people have said to me, "Oh, I'd love to do what you do," and because I, I mean, I'm obviously an XE pilot. I don't yeah, fly yeah, yeah. through yeah. the winter. I might get my tandem out. I don't fly through the winter. I won't pick my paraglider up now till maybe February, end of February. Yeah. Don't touch it. I go out when it's XEable. I don't go ridgeshore and I boom. I go. No, 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 no. I will be and this year if I get back on the glider. Yeah, of course. Because I have a you know of course but i've spoken to a lot of people i'm not going to mention the names of these people but you can tell they've got sort of a want to do it and i can give them all the advice in the world but i'm yeah. not 60 or i'm not 55 yeah, well, then, so perhaps someone like yourself you could well, be like, i mean no, it's daunting and it it is tiring and it's hard work but it's, it's brilliantly rewarding exactly yeah i mean you've got to be a pretty fit and active 60 year old if you're going to take it up at 60 yeah but if you are and you've still got spirit of, ad- of adventure, and you don't, you know, burst into tears at the first little thing that goes a bit wrong, yeah, yeah. then, you know, why not? Yeah, and it, 
I mean, it is a completely different sport to ridge soaring. That's yeah. what people are... Paragliding's the, well, the I mean, main thing. You've but... got to get to the ridge soaring thing first. Of course, yeah, yeah. And go through that. But some then... of the best pilots I know, some of the best pilots that I know, don't really go XC. Sean no, I Simmons, know. Tim Carr doesn't really. I know, And they're know. incredible pilots, right? They can't bother with the hassle. Sean likes to go. He did a few last year with me. And yeah, yeah. He likes it. But, and there's massive value. They've got some of the best wing control that I know. But yeah, I know. Cross countries. I'm different... shocked at how good Sean Simmons yeah, is. Yeah, fantastic. In a big fat, you know. <laughs> in, no, 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 the glide of a, a big... <laughs> Not sure. No, I'm not letting you correct yourself. We're going to stick with that because he's going to listen 100%. So we're sticking with that. No, he, when he puts the glider up, it's definitely key, yeah, it's a big key who's in, in charge of it. It's a Are big old glider. Are you saying that you don't know the difference between his solo and his tandem wing? Is that what you're saying? Well, Jack? no, no. <laughs> no, but his tandem wing, I mean, it's huge. That's and, massive. Yeah. And, you know, he pops it up in wings. I'm thinking, I don't think I want to pop my wing it's up now. Super pilot. Yeah, great ground handling. It's and I gather Tim super... Carr's even better. Tim Carr's very good. Pilot. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah. I mean, he taught me to fly. I didn't go yeah, to school. Yeah. He taught me. Um, but the, the but XC flying in ridge soaring, I think of them as two completely different sports. Oh, absolutely. Not, so I think I, I'm are, not a ridge soarer. No, and if a ridge saw to go XC. Yeah, and if, if people enjoy ridge soaring, if it, oh paragliding is really cool, I'm like, no, try this then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. that's why I think a lot, like there are people, and I'm only saying this because people have asked me and spoke to me about it on the older side. Even if that's mid forties, you know, and they're yeah, thinking yeah. about going, but you're in a great. I can tell them this, and I'm blue in the face. You're in a brilliant position to say to them, "Start leaving the hill. You're going to realize how." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, you got to go through. There's a lot to kind of learn, and all yeah. the pilot exams and things like that. But you know, I mean, I think. People are a bit shocked because, oh, they see these people so, oh, that's really high. Uh, you know, if, if there's some, you know, public people watching, yeah. you know, the public members of the public are watching. I said, yeah, can you see that little dot up there? Yeah. <laughs> well, he was about that height about 10 minutes ago. And now he's up at the clouds. And they say, what? <laughs> I think, yep, that's actually what I'm trying to do. Yeah. What you got you admiring people over, that's the bit that I find a bit boring. You know, when I'm waiting for the lift to come through. Yeah. And, and you know, then you get that nice one meter a second and then, oh, push forward a bit. Oh, it's one and a half. Oh, I'll keep pushing forward at two meters a second. Oh, I think I'll turn in this. And then maybe, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And, and, and you know, next thing you know, you're rocking it, rocketing up yeah. to cloud base. It's and, brilliant. Yeah, and then, you know, like, linking those thermals and you link the other one then you get low like the amount of times i've been on flights and i thought yeah oh well, i've had enough now i'm five hours in i've sort of had enough yeah yeah and then i'm down at 1500 feet and i'm like oh, i'll take anything no Give i know i know anything. oh i've been there i'm sitting at 0.2 i don't care just no no anything. i know i know i just yeah no i must but, admit my, my my style is to fly by myself I'm not yeah. very good at gaggle flying well i know I this mean, because we've been out before i was on a ice peaks 10 i speak six or something i don't know what i was on yeah back at the day uh, back then and me you i think it was ian maybe or was it wayne one of us we we were yeah. doing a triangle yeah we actual triangle and you could not let us get in front if we got above you even you and we took two extra <laughs> turns you were gone so i was like what's you're only following us we're on the higher and then we'd come no no no, no. I, I... and then you're like no, fuck you. You'd leave 200 foot below us just to be out in front. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're no, one of those people. No, I, I, I just think, I kind of think flying in a gaggle is cheating a, a bit. Yeah. And and I just think it's my job to, you know, look at the clouds, look at the ground, um, look at any other 
clues that there is around any smoke, any smoke being drawn together or whatever, yeah. you know, all the classic things. It's my job to find it. And I know I'm pretty good at doing it, but having said that, it's much better having somebody else do it. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's fun when you're on radios and talking to each other. When there's like three or four of you in the air yeah. and you fan out and you talk on the radio and you're saying what climb rate you've got. Yeah, and yeah. You're like, yeah. Oh, what time's that down there? Oh, that's so-and-so. I, Is there a train I, station I, down there? But all this I always stuff. think it's cheating. All I mean, it's, my big XCs I've done by myself. It's Yeah, I mean, when you're on your own, obviously you've got to do more work. Yeah. It's everything's on your own. But what I like about um, being in a gaggle is, A, you've got the chatter on the radio. And yeah, it's yeah. It keeps you motivated. Yeah. Like when you get six hours in, sometimes it can get a bit much. But when you've got that little yeah. radio talk or, you know, it allows you to push a bit more. Like, I'm going to go for that. I think that'll work. Well, I'm just going to risk it. Yeah. And you maybe wouldn't if you were on your own. You go, boom, you start booming and the other guys, they can come and get you and it saves them. And you just make yeah, those yeah, little yeah. decisions. I really like that side of it. You know? Okay. No, I, I, it's what I should develop. I, I stop pushing forward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know it's put me on the ground a lot of times. But it's a fun way to fly. Well, it is. And you've you got to do what you enjoy. Because right? Wayne used to do that and everyone... I could, yeah. like, w- Wayne was brilliant to fly with. Yeah. But also, I would watch him all the time and I'd think, oh, that's too stressful for me. Yeah, yeah. Like pushing forward, low, 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 go, 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 low, low. I'm like, that's too stressful for me. Yeah, like, yeah, I, That's yeah. not, you know, I want to get high, stay high, go. Oh, yeah, me like, too. That's yeah. me. Like, yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I definitely, once we get high, I, I will be leading out first. first. <laughs> yeah, without that, I can vouch for that. So, um, mate, um, as we're getting towards the end, yeah, I just want to check good. up on your, uh, what's the prognosis? How long are you out for? When are you looking to be back? And how Well, hopefully we next next season. And if yeah. there's any winter flying, I'm, my shoulder's uh, repairing really well. Yeah. So um, I'm hoping to be able to get out and do some ground handling. Are you seeing physio or anything for your Oh, shoulder? yeah, yeah. I had one a session this morning, yeah. yeah. And I, I've, it's three to six months from the operation. I'm seven weeks out. So, yeah. um, so I'm, I seem to be recovering quite quickly because I'm doing lots of the you know lots of extra stuff and the guy said that's okay and so hopefully i'll be able to fly shortly if there's and so if there's any nice benign northwesterly winds at 12 mile an hour yeah maybe no thermals but i'll just go out and reach the sword just for that yeah 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 i mean there's going to be people who are going to help you take off and land oh god anyway, yeah i will be a beginner and, and bringing it i like, will be a beginner yeah. and again. also even if you're even if you're not like don't push it like your shoulder's bad. Like the last yeah. thing you want to do is to, I can handle this wing and then your shoulder goes. So I mean, it's fun. yeah, and yeah, set yourself sure. back. But mate, let me have a look at your rehab program that your physio sends. And if we can add anything in there that I think is specific I, for it, us. Yeah. We'll, we'll have like specific for paragliding. Well, I mean, we'll it's kind of lift my hands you know. up. It really yeah. is. That's the key yeah, we'll get, thing. I mean, it's such a common injury for us. Yeah. And one yeah. of my guys has just had surgery now, 19 years old on exactly the same thing. Yeah. He's just had surgery on his. So he's out now for, He's just starting to come back and just do light drills. He's been out for about seven weeks now. So yeah. it'll be another oh, four about or five before he's doing anything else. Yeah. But um, yeah, if I can help, mate, we will do. But other than that, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It was Good. fun, as I knew it would be. <laughs> I knew you'd be full of stories, mate. And so yeah. Bullshit, um, most people call it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much, Ken. Cheers then. Right, hang on. <laughs>